I'm sure he was a very charismatic man. Yes. Indeed. Shut up, Siri. Shut up, Siri. <laughs> It's Friday, February the 26th, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Gordon Derrick, Dutch News Contributing Editor and Santa Claus Revivalist, and with me today are Paul Peters, Master Student in Civil Engineering and Kerksweefkieser, and Shanae Bostis, Journalist, Dutch News Editor and Opsporing for Zocht Extra. That's me. So, so uh, uh, Paul, I'm going to turn to you first of all. Um, you've got a dilemma going on uh, about I your... Uh, yes, about some churches. What's yeah. that? Well, I got my uh, stem pass earlier this week. Um, mm. the, the, uh, the, the little thing you need uh, in order to vote. Uh, and the gemeente, the municipality of Delft, included a list of, of all the uh, polling stations within the municipality where you're allowed to vote. Because even though there is a, a polling station on the, on the stem pass, uh, that doesn't mean you have to vote there. You can vote everywhere yeah. in the municipality. And uh, one of my traditions is to go and vote at the uh, city hall of uh, Delft, this beautiful... Um, yeah, 17th century building, but because of Corona, they yeah shut it down because uh, mm. they can't keep uh, one and a half meter distance over there. What? But Isn't instead, it big enough? The no, the, yeah, there are quite tiny rooms where you vote, so it's not uh, mm. w- inside. It's not not big enough, but instead they uh, selected uh, the churches of Delft as a polling station. Oh, smart idea. Smart idea indeed. So yeah. now I can vote at the Nieuwe Kerk, which is the the tallest church in uh, in Delft, and where the um, royal family has uh, has their tomb, uh, their royal tomb over there. Um, but another one is the Oude Kerk, uh, with the leaning tower. Uh, and now I'm really uh, in a dilemma where I'm gonna have to vote. Well, are, are you are, are you high church or low church? That's the real question, pal. I'm neither. I'm uh, I'm an atheist. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So so neither really. Do you if you go to the Auerkerk, uh, can you uh, vote at the top of the tower? Because then I would, that would be my well, either of them actually. They both got good towers. They both have good towers. The the hmm. the, the first one, the the Nieuwekerk tower, is the second highest church tower in the Netherlands. So uh, hmm. nice view over there. And the other one is a leaning tower, and it's uh, yes. supposedly more leaning than the than the than the tower in Pisa, hmm. which I do not believe, but they say it is. Um, so yeah, I. Um, I, I still have a, a couple of weeks to go uh, uh, to de- to make my decision. I, right. I can't wait to find okay. out. Yeah, I'm on uh, <laughs> ten to hooks myself. I have to say. So, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should get. I think you should get a Twitter poll up for this. Actually, yeah, you, you should let the people decide. You should have a referendum. A, a binding referendum. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We yeah. we don't Even... have any traumas with binding referendums. And why why am I an ops boarding for Zocht Extra this week then, Gordon? Well, um, you've had a bit of an eventful week, haven't you? There was a drama in um, in your neighbourhood, and um, you you've now fled Amsterdam. That's what I understood. Ah. The, 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 the police like uh, running around and. Uh, uh, to, to, uh, and we'll be getting into this actually later on the podcast, but there was. But that was Robin Street. That wasn't Shen Street. Yeah, yeah. I, I was temporarily squatting on that street actually, but um, or oh. just around the corner. Yes, I, I thought it was because I was trying to uh, work out how how you could possibly smuggle cocaine and heroin in the most unlikely objects, which we'll hear about <laughs> a little bit later in the oh, podcast. Oh, that's true as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You just become our kind of crime, our, our live scene crime correspondent. So I thought, you know, I I do like a bit of crime in the afternoons. Yeah. I like some juicy court. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I kind of thought, you know, if they, if they reconstruct it for uh, Obstacle and for Zocht, um, then, you know, that they'd, uh, you, you get a bit part kind of hanging around in the background while, uh, you know, um, while, while the cocaine shipments uh, um, are opened up. Yeah, we never know where, what kind of ships are heading to Tessel right now. So, uh, yeah, yeah. We, need to, we need to keep an eye on that. Uh, yeah, and Gordon, uh, you're, I, I, I'm very curious uh, to hear what this is about. A Santa Claus revivalist? <laughs> Yes, because um, this week um, my Christmas presents arrived from the UK. Ah, finally, we, we, we've oh, got a parcel. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, my dad posted um, uh, a parcel full of presents um, on the 9th of December, and uh, yeah, and then we waited for about a month uh, after Christmas to see when it would arrive, and then eventually we gave up, and he decided to just give me some money, go out and buy some Christmas presents, and then on Wednesday morning the doorbell rang, and uh, someone handed us a parcel, and it was our presents. Um, so really? we had a kind of late second Christmas. Santa Claus is not dead. No, Santa Claus has uh, yeah is alive and well. He's been resurrected. So I think from now on, every February the twenty third, we will celebrate Brexit Christmas because uh, <laughs> obviously this is all the, the reason this pass was delayed. Of course, is because uh, of all the yeah because everything basically uh, ground to a halt in the weeks before um, December the thirty first um, in, yeah. in in the UK. So yeah, but our, our pass was held up by Brexit. The good news is we didn't have to pay anything on the door because lots of people who are receiving oh. parcels now are having to pay tax up front. But I think because uh, this one had a postmark of early December that um, we weren't charged. So. Oh, that was lucky. Well, Merry Brexit Christmas to you. Thank you. Yes, I'm full of Brexit spirit now. I kind of, <laughs> you know, having two Christmases, I suddenly see there's finally, finally a Brexit dividend. You get a second Christmas in February. And we already have our supplies of Marmite to last us three years. So we're okay. Talking of uh, things um, uh, moving around at high speed, uh, Paul, that uh, kind of <laughs> sort of brings us to the op for the week, uh, which features um, somebody who's not featured in our op for the week recently, but is uh, a very familiar face. Yes, uh, we revitalized uh, the Ophef Santa Claus uh, for this uh, segment. Uh, yeah, while most political parties are not campaigning on the streets, even though the election is only a couple of weeks away, there is... Uh, of course, one party that ignores the pandemic and uh, toured through the country in the past weeks. And that is, of course, Thierry Baudet's Forum for Democracy party. Um, yeah, he gives speeches at rallies uh, throughout the country. And uh, yeah, these are all filled with uh, alternative facts. For example, he said his party's uh, low polling rates cannot be true. He also described coronavirus as a hoax and called for a civilian army to rise up on election day. Uh, and uh, on top of that, he also... Uh, was casting doubt about the election results. Um, but real ophef broke loose after a man in the audience at a rally in Gouda asked Baudet if politicians who supported the coronavirus rules, such as Amsterdam Mayor Femke Halsema, should be put before some sort of tribunal. Baudet answered he doesn't support the use of retroactive legal powers and added that, quote, that's why I consider the Nuremberg Tribunal to be illegitimate. Uh, that was, of course, the military tribunal in which uh, leaders of Nazi Germany were prosecuted by the Allied forces after World War II. Uh, many found it uh, very insensitive and incomprehensible to use the Nuremberg as an example of a wrongful trial, especially given the accusations of anti-Semitism and racism against Forum for Democracy in the past months, which led to the collapse of the party in the polls and the exodus of many of its elected representatives. Baudet said in a statement on Twitter that criticism of the Nuremberg Tribunal isn't new and has been the matter of debate among academics for a very long time. The Israel Information Center said in a statement they were shocked that a Dutch MP would say something like that. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Th- yeah th- this is just kind of vintage Baudet, isn't it? Um, it? It is. It's amazing that the guy who got into, whose party fell apart over um, allegations of anti-Semitism as recently as November, uh, kind of thought uh, it was it's a bright idea to bring up Nuremberg in the middle of a campaign yeah. rally. But <laughs> Yeah, and and basically someone asked, what do you think of Femke Halsman? And his response was, yeah, the mm. Nuremberg Tribunal isn't uh, legitimate. I, I don't understand why you would uh, use that as an example um, uh, 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 in an answer about that question. But yeah, yeah. that's uh, classic Baudet. Any excuse, really, just to bring up some kind of a Nazi association. I liked his uh, defense on uh, social media as well when he was challenged, when, when people uh, got up in arms about it. And he said, oh, well, actually, that was something in my PhD thesis. So basically he said, yes, I might have sounded like a Nazi yesterday. But if you <laughs> if you look back, I was sounding like a Nazi much longer since 20, yeah. 2012, as if somehow yeah. that made it better. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, also, uh, his uh, PhD thesis was uh, also a matter of debate when uh, 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 back in the days, because uh, yeah, a lot of uh, people from his commission uh, didn't want to, didn't yeah, were questioning the um, uh, scientificness of uh, of his uh, of his thesis, and they didn't want to uh, give him his title. So uh, yeah, it was that uh, already then he was uh, uh, causing a lot of opeth and trouble. Indeed. In this week's news, the third wave of coronavirus rolls in as the vaccine rollout stalls. Mark Rutte wants us all to take more responsible risks, and Amsterdam wants to take in more responsible tourists. We also tell you why the finance minister slipped up in Friesland, and badgers were involved in a set two in Limburg. The curfew will be the first thing to go in the bin when we can relax the restrictions, was Mark Rutte's promise when he introduced it five weeks ago. So this week the curfew was extended till March the 15th, while hairdressers, nail bars and massage studios were given the green light to reopen. Shops will also be able to open by appointment, and people under 27 can train for team sports but not compete. Secondary schools and vocational colleges are going back from next week but not full-time. The aim is to have students going in at least once a week. And the curfew will be reviewed again on March the 8th. Mark Rutter said these were responsible risks that would benefit society, but he also said it wasn't a free ticket and the measures could be reversed if things didn't go well. And uh, are things going well? Well, um, no. The, the day after Rutter <laughs> spoke of responsible risk um, and urged people to stick to the basic rules, thousands of people crammed into the Fondle Park in Amsterdam to enjoy the sunshine. And after a jolly afternoon of not social distancing, uh, eventually the police went in and sent people away, and Amsterdam's mayor Famke Halsema has now taken steps to reduce numbers in the park, such as tighter supervision and closing the side entrances. And uh, yeah, things also aren't going very well with the infection numbers, uh, which went up in the past week by around 20%. And I think uh, on Thursday, we saw the first uh, number of over 5,000 for several Hmm. weeks. The 20% increase is partly because the figures were artificially low during the cold weather because testing stations were closed or people couldn't get to them. And also children are being tested far more because there are stricter rules about testing in schools. So infections in under 12s went up by 40% last week, but they did also take 75% more tests. But even when you factor all that in, the average number of cases in seven days is over 4,200, which is where we were basically at the end of January. The reproductive number R is creeping back towards 1. The latest estimate is 0.99. So we've got 99 uh, problems and uh, corona is all of them. And the number (laughs) of people admitted to intensive care went up by 25% last week as well, although hospital admissions have gone down by around 7%. Yeah, so perfect circumstances to... uh to release the uh, 
the restrictions. Exactly, yeah. And there's a, obviously, the, I mean, the government's kind of coming under a lot of pressure at the moment to ease the restrictions, partly because there's an election on, uh, partly because opposition parties are now saying, can we not just, uh, you know, go back and uh, grab a beer on a uh, on a pavement cafe? And now we've got a, some some protests have been announced uh, today, I noticed, including uh, a protest by hospitality uh, providers uh, and also sex workers say they're going to um, oh. stage a peep show on wheels in The Hague if they're not allowed <laughs> to open on March the 3rd. I was really wondering what that would look like. Is that men only? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure if you went along, they wouldn't turn you away, Shen. <laughs> Goodness, the mind boggles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so it's uh, it's it's a uh, it's a new wave of protest, but at least uh, there are different um, group of people now uh, protesting. So that yeah. will be interesting. Yeah. Um, and do we have some news about the vaccines? Yeah, well, there is some hope in the vaccines um, because uh, when you look at the figures, although the cases for the whole population are going up, um, in the last week, in every age group over eighty, which is of course the people who are being vaccinated, they were down, and in some groups by around fifteen percent. Um, and vaccination is being rolled out. I think around about. Uh, Uh, 5% of the whole population's uh, been vaccinated now. Uh, We're not seeing much of an impact on the overall numbers because the over 80 age group is, well, pretty small. Uh, But it is hopeful for the future. However, there was another setback this week from AstraZeneca. And I'm increasingly of the opinion that AstraZeneca are running the postal service in the UK as well, (laughs) given how long until my parcel to come. Uh, The makers of the Oxford vaccine said 200,000 doses would be delivered later than scheduled. Uh, That's uh, on top of the um, 30% uh, uh, cut in their delivery that they announced uh, back in January. The health ministry said they weren't told why, but it means doctor surgeries have had to put all new appointments on hold until they get these vaccines because the AstraZeneca was going to be used for people under 65. Hugo de Jong was pretty unflattering about them uh, at the press conference this week. He said they were an extremely difficult company to do business with. It's enough to drive you mad. And in other news, a pot has been casting aspersions about the colour of a kettle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think AstraZeneca <laughs> thinks the same thing of Hugo de Jong and the health ministry. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're being called unreliable and um, yeah, d- 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 not sticking to your promises by Hugo de Jong, then you know you're doing something seriously wrong. Yeah, 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 indeed. <laughs> GroenLinks leader Jesse Klaver has urged other left-wing parties to form a pre-election pact to ensure they will take part in the next cabinet. The party unveiled a new campaign poster on Monday with the slogan More Lilian, Liliane, Sigrid and Jesse, which are the names of the leaders of SP, PvdA, D66 and uh, GroenLinks, of course. These four parties are currently polled at 29 seats out of 150 um, yeah, together, uh, and that's compared to the 40 seats of Mark Rutte's VVD party. Klaver said it's unusual to be so transparent about the strategy for the uh, cabinet formation during the campaign. He added that it's risky, but also crucial for the future of the Netherlands. It's not the first time Klaver has spoken about a left bloc as a counterweight for the center-right bloc that formed the basis of the last cabinet. Earlier, GroenLinks and uh, Labour announced they would not take part in a coalition without each other. Um, but I have to say that was um, when uh, Lodewijk Usher was still the leader of the uh, PvdA, so I'm not sure how um, uh, if they are going to uh, to uh, uh, keep on that promise. Um, 
However, the chances of a formal alliance are very small because Labour leader Plume said she is open to the idea of working with the other parties on the left, but she doesn't want to make a commitment before the elections. Uh, D66 leader Kaag says she is also against the idea of electoral pack, and SP leader Lilia Marijnissen said she didn't understand Klaver wanted to include D66 in the pact, given that this party was part of Rutte's third cabinet. So it seems to be a very, um, yeah, a totally unilateral action by Jesse Klaver and GroenLinks. And uh, we've hardly seen any campaigning, of course, because of the um, uh, coronavirus restrictions. So when are we going to hear something from the parties? Uh, well, the debate season, as the NOS called it, will start today on Friday. Uh, 13 leaders will take part in a debate in the Old Tweede Kamer Chamber on Radio 1 in a two-hour broadcast. And uh, this debate is divided into 12-minute segments with a, a specific topic where three leaders will debate each other. Um, the broadcast will start with Mark Rutte, Thierry Boudet, and Linian Marijnissen and they're going to debate about the trusting government uh, and it will end with Mark Rutte, Wilders and Wopke Hoekstra about the future of the Netherlands after the uh, pandemic. The first televised debate will be on Sunday with the eight leaders of the largest parties in the polls, uh, meaning that Baudet and Lilian Plumer, for example, will, uh, are not invited. Okay, and there's also been a, a court case about postal voting uh, brought by the Partij van der Dieren. So what's happened with that? Yeah, a court in The Hague uh, decided that postal voting in the March general election should be confined to the over 70s as planned, despite calls to allow for a wider group of people uh, who are vulnerable to coronavirus to take part. Pro-animal party Partij voor de Dieren went to court in an effort to have the postal voting option extended to others, saying it was discriminatory to youngsters who are also at risk. Um, but the court ruled on Friday that the measure is permissible as it now stands. Uh, the court said that there are sufficient other options to enable people to vote safely, such as the introduction of early voting and expanding the proxy voting option. Uh, earlier this month, uh, members of the government outbreak Earlier this month, members of the government's outbreak management team voiced their concerns about whether next month's elections can go ahead safely, but ministers have insisted that elections will go ahead as planned. Uh, Home Affairs Minister Kasia Longe told Newsur last week that there was no need to move the vote to later in the year. So uh, it's been an exciting week in crime this week. Uh, the Netherlands is always coming up with uh, spectacular drug busts because uh, this is one of the areas of trade where the Dutch are particularly successful on the international stage. <laughs> and uh, yeah. this, yes. this week was no exception. So um, police in Hamburg and Antwerp seized 23 tonnes of cocaine destined for the Netherlands in several consignments, something they said was an absolute record. Wow, that's good going. And uh, was there not something unusual about the way it was transported as well? Well, the, the first lot, uh, 16.1 tonnes of cocaine from Paraguay, was uh, fairly conventionally hidden, as you do in tins of wall plaster. But uh, the paperwork behind this shipment led to a 28-year-old Dutch national who was also planning a second shipment of pineapple, squid, wood <laughs> and mackerel. <laughs> from Panama to Antwerp, containing 7.2 tonnes of cocaine. And my question is, how? Right. <laughs> well, especially the mackerel. How on earth are you supposed to get cocaine inside live mackerel? Unless they just, like, swallow it or something. Stuffed mackerel. It's a new kind of... Yeah, uh, and then do you not... <laughs> cuisine. Your, your fish are all high on coke or something. I don't know. It's, uh, 
It does, yeah, it does make the mind boggle. Yeah, and uh, wasn't there also a heroin bust too? There was. On Wednesday, we also heard that police at Rotterdam port seized 1.5 tonnes of heroin packed in a container of Himalayan salt arriving from Pakistan. And this was the biggest ever single consignment of heroin ever to be seized in the Netherlands with a street value of 45 million, which would prop up a few businesses. But- Absolutely, yeah. And then that could make me go into the uh, Corona um, support fund. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that would be that would be the best idea to solve our economic problems in the future. Just uh, legalize the production. Oh no, the government should uh, should just uh, start some uh, drug labs and uh, start selling yeah. uh, uh, whatever they produce to uh, yeah whoever want who whoever wants it. So um, yeah, that's an excellent idea, actually, Gordon. Yeah. Gives a new meaning to taking a cut, doesn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, just nationalise the production of hard drugs. And Geert uh, Wilders will probably say that we should have a little Dutch flag on every uh, parcel of, uh, every, you know, stuck on every every wrap oh. of Coke as well. To, to, to. Yeah, and the CDA wants uh, to print the lyrics of the Wilhelm on, uh, on the packages. Exactly. <laughs> this can go a long way, yeah. Um, and if, and also, uh, as if that wasn't enough excitement, of course, uh, one of Germany's most wanted men turned up in Amsterdam. And uh, this one was quite close to home, wasn't it, Shen? It was, yes. Dutch police rounded up a 60-year-old German who was wanted for his role in a string of violent armed robberies um, around the corner from, uh, from, the, from the squat, a place where we had our abode for, for a little yes. while. And uh, it's, uh, it's been a busy week for the police, although I did read earlier in the week that they were supposed to be on strike because they want better wages. But they're just refusing to enforce small fines. Rounding up the big yeah. drug, drug criminals is still fun. Yeah. Who, who was on strike? German criminals? Or? No, no, Dutch, <laughs> Dutch police. Dutch police. Oh, and now you fled to Tessel. Yeah, so, so this can't be a coincidence, really, that uh, you're in this temporary yeah. accommodation in Amsterdam. Um, one of Germany's most wanted men um, uh, uh, was arrested <laughs> shortly after. Yeah, you, I believe, did you spot him dancing on a roof? Uh, I, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that he was the one that was setting <laughs> off fireworks at Christmas. Uh, okay. <laughs> and and yeah. dancing far too close to his friends up there. Right. He 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 just should have gone to the Vondel Park, and uh, nobody would uh, <laughs> would have arrested no, him. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the police couldn't have, couldn't have got through the crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. So so are you now in the uh, in, in fact in the Tessel witness protection scheme, Shen? I, this, uh, I, this is the reason why I've had to flee. Do you know I have treated holiday homes so much differently after I read Astrid Folader's <laughs> book, where it turned out that all criminals coming out of jail apparently get a reintegration place on a holiday park for a little while. Yeah. I feel oh, very right, yeah. di- I feel very different about my family now being on parks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and after they uh, they uh, they leave there, they go to uh, camping. Uh, Fort Oranje in in Brabant, which is uh, owned by uh, Willem Engel's father. So, um, do they get yeah, free Willem- dance class? <laughs> I'm sure that's part of the of the package. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's why that's why you saw the guy dancing on the roof. He was, you know, he, he, he was, was doing his homework. Was, with Willem Engel. You he see, was all practicing. Like he was practicing his suit and flicking his hair backwards and forwards in someone's strong, muscular arms. Exactly. Uh, If your regular delivery of hard drugs has been disrupted this week, why not squander your money instead on a donation to the Dutch News Podcast? For as little as a dollar or a euro a month, you can help us to make sure we keep you up to date with all the latest coronavirus news, election news and badger news. We'll give you a free shout out on the podcast and use this slot to answer any questions you may have about life in the Netherlands. This week, uh, we say thank you very much to two new patrons. Uh, One is uh, Carlos Pedro. Thank you very much, Carlo. Thank you, Carlo. Yes. 
Thank you, Carlo, Thank you. Carlo, yeah, Carlos, and uh, Caterina Ferreira as well. So two new patrons uh, this week. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, yes, and do let us know if there's anything you'd like to ask us. So we'd be happy to attempt to answer it. If you'd like to join our select band of patrons, log on to patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash dutchnewsnl. There's an ill wind swirling through the world of speed skating. <laughs> Doubts have been cast about the fast times set during the World Championships last weekend at the Tialf Ice Stadium in Heerenveen. Some skaters and coaches have insinuated that the 600 air vents around the stadium were repositioned to produce a constant tailwind on the ice and blow the competitors into the record books. Quote, I've been saying all winter that world records would be broken in Tialf, uh, said coach Erben Venemars. Should we jump for joy? I can't because I don't know if they're legitimate. Um, one of the legends of uh, Dutch ice skating, Sven Kramer, said he noticed a strong following wind during his race, although it didn't help him much because he finished 19th in the 5,000 metres. I don't care who wins, what, in what time, but I want to skate an honest race, he said. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering which is more illegitimate, the Tialf World Records or the Nuremberg Tribunal? Yes, it's, uh, I don't know, I think we should uh, not ask Skate on, Bode, skate but... on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, what's the response of the stadium bosses? Uh, Mark Vinters, yes, that's his name. Uh, <laughs> no, is, really? is he is he one? Is he a relation of Henny de Han, who runs the uh, the Poultry Farmers Association? Um, I've no idea, but it's quite entirely possible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, they must have uh, they must have picked him based on his name. Yeah. There's no other explanation. Yeah, just discrimination. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the director of TLF, Mark Vinters, said the direction of the vents was changed, quote, to plug holes in the air curtain, uh, and he denied that it gave the skaters any unfair advantage. The adjustment does not cause a tailwind or any wind one way or the other because they're behind the boarding that separates the rink from the stands. He said, "Hmm." Similar accusations have been levelled in the past at the ice stadia in Sochi and Kolomna in Russia, where the 2014 Winter Olympics and the 2016 World Championships were held. The Canfair Bay Skating Federation said it had no evidence of active manipulation, while the International Skating Union, ISU, said it had received no complaints. Vinters said he regretted the OPEF and he would be happy to carry out tests to disprove the accusations. I suppose it doesn't matter if they all have the same advantage or disadvantage. It's just that, you know, if if lane four yeah. has got a particular advantage, then you've got a problem. Yeah, but it's also yeah. to do with the world. I mean, if they set a world record, um, then you can't beat it in another stadium that doesn't have uh, uh, oh, the, the, right. the, this swirling wind. That's the, the wind curtain. Yeah. The wind curtain uh, yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. in, athletic, in, in athletics, they measure the wind, um, you know, before every race. That's true, if it's too do. strong, then it's, uh, then, it, then it's not valid. Or yeah. the time's not valid. Do they? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, they just need to put on some, put up some flags, and then uh, yeah, they can just sim check if there's a whirlwind yeah. uh, in the stadium, right? Indeed, and I'm, simple uh, solution. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, Kurt Wilders has got plenty of flags that he happily <laughs> put out around the ice stadiums. Exactly. If, if he hasn't used them to wrap up cocaine. That's not been the only icy ophef this week, has it? No, because the finance minister, Vopke Hoekstra, um, of course, famously a native Frisian, uh, stirred up a winter storm of <laughs> outrage for posting photos of himself gliding around Tialf with the aforementioned Sven Kramer. Uh, the problem is that only professional athletes are allowed to use the stadium at the moment because uh, of coronavirus restrictions, and Hoekstra was duly taken to task on social media for his actions. Sports minister Tamara van Aark gave her cabinet colleague the cold shoulder. She said, quote, Covered sports accommodations are closed to the public and this should not have happened. Hookscar said the visit was part of the CDR's election campaign, but he admitted the photo opportunity was a mistake. I should have never put those skates on, he said. 
I didn't slip up physically, but slip up, I did. Yeah, and of course, the Hookstar went on to um, yeah, then make an incredibly cheesy CDR campaign video on the um, uh, yeah. on the canals of uh, of Friesland to make up for yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I think they uh, they improvised pretty well because, of course, uh, within a week we had this very wintry uh, conditions, and they they set up uh, this uh, the filming of this uh, election uh, commercial very quickly. So I was uh, I was uh, uh, surprised to see that the a member of the cabinet can actually um, arrange something very quickly. So uh, that was uh, uh, I was positively surprised by that. Yeah. And also, um, Hoekstra said that someone handed him a pair of skates and that he just went on the ice, but that wasn't true. He arrived there in a skating suit. I was say, yeah, he had the full <laughs> skating gear on. Yes, yeah, yes. just coincidentally. Yeah. But was he? Well, maybe and, he uh, could have said that he was he was doing a cabinet check on the the holes in the air curtain. That would have made more sense, right? <laughs> there was only plenty of holes in his argument, anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he gave an explanation on on Friday, I believe, at the uh, ministerial council, and uh, yeah, literally nothing of his uh, explanation of his statement was true. So um, yeah, sounds slippery to me. Uh, Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, they should put him on trial in Nuremberg. <laughs> and I was going to say that uh, if if uh, Geert Wilders runs out of uh, of Dutch flags, I believe uh, Thierry Boudet probably has a lot of swastika banners uh, <laughs> hanging around that they can use. Um, so, um, is there any football news? Uh, yeah, but Ajax are now six points clear in the Eredivisie. But um, a big shout out to Emmen because they finally won their first match of the season at the 23rd attempt. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, Goodness. they beat Pexvola 3-2, and that means they're just four points adrift now behind Willem II and Adder Den Haag. So still maybe some hope for the, for the Drenthe side. Uh, I, can't, I can't match uh, Molly's antipathy for football, but uh, I'm afraid that uh, I, I'm, I'm keener <laughs> on the slippery ice news. I thought you might be. <laughs> yeah, so Emma is the, is the pride of Drenthe. Do they use uh, Hunebede as players or not? Well, the, the, the Hunderbeder will probably um, do a better job of defending than the players they have yeah, at the exactly. moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just put one in the goal. Onto a, onto another bit of sports news, uh, otherwise known as tourist baiting. If uh, if like <laughs> me, you're an Amsterdammer who's been enjoying the fact that you can walk into your home without having to barge aside tourists eating pizzas on your steps or posing for pictures in your front door. You'll uh, you'll like this one. But instead of instead of tourists, you now have uh, German criminals. So uh, which one do you like better? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a close call, to be honest. The German criminal, I think, was a little bit quieter than the tourists. Frankly, <laughs> I did one yeah. one day. I did open my front door to be told by a tourist, "Please go back inside." And I said, "I'm sorry." And really? she said, we're, "We're we're doing some Instagram <laughs> photos. Go back inside." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, I didn't. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, the German criminals uh, don't do uh, don't do Instagram. No, they're so, they're, yeah, they're, not, they're not they're much better. They're not so keen on the on the photos. But um, a group of activists, anyway, in Amsterdam, who was behind a, a citizens' initiative uh, petition last year, is asking Amsterdam to set an absolute limit on the number of tourists who can come back. Something like 10 million to 14 million overnights, which was the level in 2014 when people used to say it was gezellig druk or nice and busy to you and me. This mm. this would mean a complete ban on holiday rentals like Airbnb, which is uh, one of my favourite businesses also because of the way it encourages social cohesion and tax paying on income. <laughs> and um, and it would also mean uh, more controls on hotels, which might be helpful because there is actually a shortage of housing for actual Amsterdamers in Amsterdam. Yeah. 
And uh, is Amsterdam not now trying to attract the right kind of tourists, you know, sort of uh, day trippers, business visitors, uh, people like me, basically? Uh, that's true. But this group, which includes a guy called Jacques Huppers, who got his uh, money back from Airbnb in a court case on double charging uh, a few years ago, thinks we also need an absolute limit on the numbers of people in the city once the coronavirus is behind us. Yeah, they should, uh, they should build a wall around Amsterdam. No one's yeah. thought and of that yet. Yeah, build a wall yeah. and make, make the Hague pay for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. So, um, yeah, what do they think about banning tourists, especially, you know, the the notorious British ones uh, from coffee shops? Wasn't that Dutch News' idea anyway? It's true, actually. Our most successful April Fool's story ever a few years ago was that uh, Brits would be banned from coffee shops after Brexit. And uh, that Mm. even caused, I believe, Amsterdam City Council to have to deny the existence of a fellow called (laughs) Bostard. (laughs) (laughs) anyway um yes this group thinks that the uh, so-called i criterion would be useful and uh, this is something the city council is anyway doing a full study on because the mayor thinks it's a good idea and it's in her power to rule on anyway this uh residents only ruling coffee shops actually exists in the netherlands anyway but amsterdam just uh currently doesn't enforce it Mm -hmm. yeah rules that they don't enforce uh that sounds familiar so does this uh, numbers limit have any chance of succeeding well, uh, it's obviously not a problem right now as we're eyeing up a third wave of the coronavirus and normal law-abiding people are not travelling to other countries. But um, a few weeks ago, a historic, they called it, council meeting voted to make changes to the red light district and set up an erotic centrum instead. Uh, Airbnb-type rentals already banned in some areas. And this this absolute numbers thing, I wonder if it might convince councillors. It's certainly a lot more simple than the 88 measures they currently have to restore balance in the inner city. Problem for you guys? Tourists knocking down your doors? I don't have that problem. No, 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 no tourists are knocking about in my my neighbourhood of The Hague at all, no. I sometimes have a drunken student who uh, cycles into the canal down my window. No, that's that's the only problem I have. No, that's not me. (laughs) Spectator sport. (laughs) <laughs> yeah indeed i can just sit in my window and then watch everyone every all these drunken uh, people uh, cycle into a canal it's uh, it's 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 a lot of fun indeed yeah also no german criminals i believe i do come from um from uh, rosendal and once uh, a couple of streets away from me they um they arrested a serbian war criminal all right I say, there, must be lots, there must be lots of Belgian criminals hanging around in there, Osendale, are there not? Yeah, and Dutch criminals. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's, it's so Brabant, close to Belgium it? that it's yeah. uh, it's Brabant indeed. It's uh, that's already, of course, a crime-infested uh, hellhole. Um, yeah, a lot of oh, oh and of course the um, the the torture uh, sea containers yes. was in Wouse Plantage, which is really close by uh, Rosendaal. So yeah, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of crime over there indeed. Hmm. Time to talk about something nicer. than than tourists in Amsterdam (laughs) Ophef in Limburg animal protection organizations and the Partij voor de Dieren are furious at the province for ordering the move of a family of badgers from Roermond to Germany 
the animals uh, had to move according to the province because uh, the newly built residential er area nearby would put them in danger and the province arranged the building of an artificial set in Germany just over the border I uh, looked up the word for the uh, you know the mm. uh, nest. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah. the nest of a yeah. badger in, in Dutch it's called a burgt ah. which also roughly translates to castle um, so ah. So an artificial set in Dutch is a kunstburgt, which is a beautiful, <laughs> That's beautiful word, I yeah. think. Yeah, it should be the uh, the the word of the year 2021, uh, in my opinion. Put it put it um, forward. It's a definite contender. Yeah, I in my opinion, definitely is. Um, but animal protection organizations have said it is located too close to other sets, making it impossible for the Limburg badgers to move in. And also, they also said it's built by humans. So uh, the smell of humans will be in the set for months now. And that also will also scare away the badgers. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, in the end, it's not a very good uh, dwelling for these uh, for these animals. Um, the badgers, nonetheless, were caught by provincial officials on Saturday. Uh, and uh, Partij voor de Dieren provincial representative Pascal Pluskwijn filed an official complaint against the province for animal abuse. Uh, the province announced it will reevaluate the artificial set in Germany. And in the meantime, the badgers will stay in a shelter in Belgium. Mm. So yeah, a lot of uh, international uh, yeah. uh, migration going on uh, in, in Limburg. But not yeah. of lions from Amsterdam. No, no, <laughs> no lions in Amsterdam. No, no, no. If the, if the PVV popped up to say it should be Eigendasse uh, Eerst, our own badges come first. Yeah, indeed. Opvang in eigen regio, yeah. They're sort of like a gemengde community in themselves, aren't they? Black and white together, happily yeah, gambling yeah, through exactly. their artificial set. There, What's it called against your kunst? A kunstburgt. Kunstburgt. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, probably one of these words that the uh, that the Dutch uh, resistance could have used to uh, uh, identify real Dutch people, mm. just like they did with Scheveningen yes. and Oostgeest. Uh, <laughs> I would fail. Yeah, yeah a, bit, a handy way to root out uh, international German criminals. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> or tourists. Yeah. Uh. That's all we have for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at dutchnews.nl. We will include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes. You can get in touch with us by email to podcast.dutchnews.nl. And if you want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. And you can also now back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dutchnewsnl. And you'll earn yourself a free shout out on the podcast and our thanks. My thanks to Paul Peters and Shanae Bostes. I'm Gordon Darach, and we'll be back next week. Cheerio. Bye. <laughs>